Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. Turn the lights down. It's time to get romantic. This is the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Gentlemen, you ready to look deep into each other's eyes and talk about some romantic music? <laughs> is it just me or did you just dim the lights in your studio and, and light a candle, dude? I... <laughs> yes. I'm, uh, I'm a little uh, flushed over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also wearing a tuxedo, and I'm holding a rose that I'll be presenting to <laughs> just one of you. Next week on Album Nerds Bachelor. <laughs> Don, how you doing? Love, exciting and new. Andy doesn't recognize that. Oh, wait. <laughs> Not exactly, but keep going. Not a love boat, man? Oh, God. Yeah, the love boat. Uh it's a beautiful television show about people going on cruises and falling in love. Go check it out. <laughs> All right, so this is indeed the Album Nerds Podcast. We love albums, the album format, talking about music and sharing our passions with the world. Passion. Passion. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a great show for you today. We are embarking upon a new adventure in a romance series for the next four episodes discussing different types of love and romance and relationships within the context of albums and today we're talking about sensual serenades so we'll be going through three albums that we picked that uh, exhibit that then we'll be doing some shout outs to some album related items that we're digging outside of the romance world and then we're going to spin the wheel of musical discovery to find out what romantic adventures we're going to have sonically on the next episode. <laughs> but this week it's all about those sensual serenades. That's what I'm talking about! For centuries, people have chosen music to provide a soundtrack to their romantic rendezvous. The oldest known love song is called the, the Love Song of Shu Sin, which was discovered in the library of... Oh boy. <laughs> Ashurbanipal in Mesopotamia. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And it was about, it was about both romantic and erotic love. Every genre has examples of music that attempts to capture sensuous vibes. In some subgenres like smooth jazz and quiet storm, it can be the primary focus. Today each of us will present a record that is appropriate for romantic encounters, i.e. sensual serenades. Beautiful. Yeah, so you know, the quiet storm thing did kind of cloud the conversation for me because I really do think about soul music a lot for slow jams and romantic moments. Uh, of course, every human has these emotions, has these urges, and so it is obviously presented throughout all sorts of poetry and music. So how'd you guys do? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. There were a few different genres I explored. Uh, to listen to some jazz, uh, John Coltrane's A Love Supreme was one of my all-time faves, but uh, I didn't think that worked so well for this particular theme. I also listened to Al Green's Let's Stay Together, which has come up quite a few times over the yeah. last couple of years. That was on my list also. Yeah. Good, good record. Maybe another time. I mentioned also the XX. We were pretty popular like a decade or so ago. Are your shirts, are your shirts not the 1010? 10, 10? No, uh, Roman numbers? <laughs> it could be. It could be the 20s. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I also listened to uh, Chet Faker. Yeah, I don't know if you want that in a sensual serenade, someone named Faker. <laughs> He's got a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty sensuous voice, I would say. More of a modern vocalist. 
That was the name of the blue He-Man. Oh, Faker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imposter He-Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, what did you listen to, Don? Well, we had done it before, um, uh, but the the obvious choice for me would have been Barry White. Uh, we had done the album Can't Get Enough, and I, I just feel like Barry White is synonymous with you know seduction. Yeah. Uh, another maybe less obvious choice, which we've also done before, um, it's in the Album Nerds Hall of Fame, Depeche Mode Violator. You know, I mean, there's songs like World in My Eyes and Personal Jesus and Enjoy the Silence. They're all sort of, um, you know, about nothing else mattering, just, you know, kind of love in the in the moment or lust in the moment. Mm-hmm. For me, there were a few choices that we've already covered. Um, Sade's Diamond Life, which is a beautiful record, very sensual, I would say. Uh, Anita Baker's Rapture, some of the most like romantic lyrics I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I also went off book and really considered Disintegration by The Cure, although it's more about loneliness and pain. Like Sonically, it is kind of sexy, and I'm not yeah. really a Cure guy, but I really <laughs> was enjoying the record. If I'd had a little more time with it, perhaps I could have justified including it this week, but I went with something a lot more obvious. Uh, one of the challenges, of course, was there are a lot of great love songs on albums, but they're just not, the whole album is is mm. not romantic. That was the biggest True. challenge here. So. Yeah, you got to have a good vibe all the way through. Yeah. And I, th- I think we got that on all three of these records. Yeah. So bear with us, folks. And uh, as always, if you have any suggestions for us, hit us up at albumnerds.com. All right, let's get to our choices. You choo-choo choose me? And that's why we like to make it strange sometimes. We like to, you know, to, to make the beauty dirty. And so we use some uh, dark sounds and some trashy electronic approach uh, of the music. Is that guy trying to step to me? <laughs> I think he was talking shit, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> A little aggressive. That was Nicholas Godin of the electronic pop duo Air. We are going to be talking about their 1998 album Moon Safari. This is the debut album for the group from Versailles, France. Versailles. Versailles. Or Versailles. I add. <laughs> Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Right, this is the <laughs> debut studio album for the duo from Versailles, France. We are going to play the lead single. This is Sexy Boy. I mean, Andy, the ego on you to pick a song that was obviously written about you. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's pretty much the Andy theme song right there, yeah. <laughs> so that song um, kind of rose to popularity. It was featured in the uh, 10 Things I Hate About You uh, soundtrack. You guys oh. remember that rom-com? Yes, I, I watched it fairly recently on purpose. <laughs> Intentionally. Yeah, pretty good movie. So the group consists of two guys, uh, Nicholas Godin and Jean Bonnet. Dunkel? I feel like it's Benoit. I think it's Benoit. Jean Benoit Dunkel. <laughs> Jean Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so my clickbait headline for this record is 
Band Air debut, new sexy G-string spacesuits. <laughs> I don't think that would effectively protect them in space, but you never know. That's <laughs> eh, more of a fashion statement than anything. Ah. Yeah, so this record has a very spacey, dreamy quality to the majority of it, I would say. There's some experimental aspects to it, um, but there's also some pop aspects to it. I think they're you know, the big singles, Sexy Boy and All I Need. Both have some some pretty strong pop qualities to them, but the rest of the record really does delve into some more experimental, almost sort of jazz-sounding elements to it, which I found pretty interesting. I was surprised how well this held up, you know, over the last couple of decades since this came out. I think like one one thing that they do a really good job of is, you know, it has an, it's an electronic bass to the record, but. There's some human analog (laughs) played instruments as well. There's a fair amount of of strings and and organ that kind of adds warmth and humanity to the mix as well. That horn sound, I don't know if that's a synth or if that, because it almost, it's very reedy or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of breathy sounding. Hairy, Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are air after all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Let's assume woodwinds were included. (laughs) All right, why don't we play one of those more experimental tracks? This is uh, the closing cut on the album, La Voyage de Penelope. Ooh, wow, that's pretty good. That was very franche. It's been a little while since I've made a Pink Floyd reference. Um, yeah, that, that, that part there kind of reminded me of Shine On, you know, in the big long instrumental parts where there's, there's that horn. It reminded me of that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure exactly why it's called Penelope's Voyage. I don't know if you guys know much about Greek mythology, but I think Penelope, you know, was uh, uh, she was famous for her loyalty to Odysseus, Odysseus from from the Odyssey. So I, I don't know if it's um, you know if it's supposed to be sort of a celebration of that. Kind of fits the theme that way. Hmm. Uh, what, yeah, what I saw was it was originally uh, they were they were working on a mix for Depeche Mode. I don't know for what album, and they were <laughs> just. <laughs> overworked so they decided to take some a few hours off and they did this in just a few hours i don't know if you're serious or not are you serious <laughs> i i found an article huh. that, where they were being interviewed and that's uh, what nick said interesting okay i assumed wow. that the depeche mode thing was just a dig at dawn but maybe yeah, no i know <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while i'm thoughtful and thorough okay <clears throat> wow shocked both of us <laughs> <laughs> So my clickbait headline is Le Duo Francais fait progresser la synth pop. Um, wow. So I guess it's, it's like a it's a French magazine or something. Okay. That translates to uh, you know French uh, French duo um, advances synth pop. Oh, a, a lot of the more modern uh, synth pop we've listened to. I mean, it's really just kind of referring back to, to what was was done in the 80s. Uh, you know, I feel like we're kind of stuck there. But, you know, I, these guys, I mean, I think they are kind of taking synth pop into a different direction. It's kind of informed by jazz. You know, there's a, a exploratory um, vibe to it. Uh, you know, all of the songs, you know, kind of take a walk, whereas, you know, synth pop, I tend to look at as being, you know, very, very structured and, and prescribed. These songs feel more like you're like floating through space, maybe, or just kind of like drifting aimlessly through a yeah. field or something like that. You know, it's, it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Where I feel like even more traditional jazz, I feel like is, is more structured than this. 
in some mm-hmm. ways. This feels kind of aimless. But is it sexy, would you guys say? Does it feel... Mm-hmm. I'd say it's romantic. <sighs> I'd say that it wouldn't interfere in a romantic evening, but I don't know that it would necessarily... <laughs> Add anything to it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no way! We landed on the moon! <laughs> Um, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of what Radiohead was doing uh, at the time. Because that was, it's OK Computer and then Kid A. Just that this is much more, uh, I I think, just easier on the ears. You know, it's mostly beautiful and and melodic, whereas Radiohead, you know, at times would throw in some harsh and ugly sounds. Definitely agree. This is pretty smooth around the edges. Just kind of unoffensive and enjoyable. But one thing, one thing about the record I really did appreciate, the opening cut is the seven minute sort of exploration. Kind of sets the vibe, I guess, nicely for the rest of the album. Let's play a little bit of that next. This is La Femme d'Argent. At first listen, I kind of thought it sounded like a attempt at a 70s funk, mm. like, soundtrack song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the title, La Femme Dargent, translates, <laughs> <laughs> translates, uh, Andy can do it better than I can, translates to The Silver Woman in English. I don't really know what that does for the song, but the... Is that an old woman with... Uh, you know, gray hair, silver hair, <laughs> perhaps it is dreamy and atmospheric, lush synthesizers. I like the bass lines and it's kind of laid back group. It's up for, for discussion as to what it is, but according to Nick and Jean, he said, Nick says that the song is one big orgasmic movement and a very long exploration that suggests the track is meant to be a journey, right? And so that was part of the crescendo there. And then at the end, it calms down. So romantically, Seven minutes is probably plenty of time for most. <laughs> so the, the first song could could get you there. That's fine, and then the rest of the album you can just enjoy. Yeah, just the, uh, cuddle you know, time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, clickbait head. It's when you're thinking about baseball. Yes. <laughs> the, the clickbait headline uh, that I chose today is Air's Moon Safari unveils a cosmic journey of French chords, orgasmic movements, and a trip through the galaxy. Wow. Or E.T. has one night stand and phones home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not sure if it's okay to sexualize E.T., however. <laughs> hey, whatever you're into, buddy. Yeah, so, so the whole album was dreamy and atmospheric, and there were minimal lyrics, which as you... Uh, people who listen to the show know I'm a lyric guy so I kind of checked out here and there and, and during my listens I do enjoy what they did with this kind of sound in a slightly darker manner in the follow-up I believe it was a follow-up uh, the Virgin Suicides soundtrack mm-hmm. for that movie I think they're really effective in, in those moods there but yeah it was, uh, it was a cool record I mean I, I'd never heard it before I'd heard of it never listened to it so I dug it yeah, I think it's a uh, it's it's an effective record. I think I actually prefer the non vocal tracks. I don't know. I feel like the the vocals can be a bit distracting. You know, we oui. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the strongest of the record, but uh, you know, it's an experience. It's a trip, uh, which I think mm-hmm. uh, fits in nicely with the romance theme. And uh, you could take that trip with a special someone. There you go. Blast off to the moon together. 
So the record is Moon Safari by the French duo Eh. 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 I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, <clears throat> Spotify. Maybe we made you laugh or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta-Jones. They've just finished ravishing each other's bodies for the first time, suspended in air underneath the heavens. Pitt lights up. He starts blowing smoke rings all around as the galaxies go whizzing by over the glass domed ceiling. Now tell me that doesn't work for you. Works. <laughs> My pick for a sensual serenade uh, is a band called Cigarettes After Sex. It's their debut album uh, released in June 2017. A little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> um, they're a... Uh, Basically, an American dream pop band formed uh, in El Paso, Texas in 2008. Uh, basically, the band is just a vehicle for singer, songwriter, and guitarist Greg Gonzalez. Here's a, a cut from the album. This is Apocalypse. how I would imagine someone who's sleepwalking would sound if they recorded an album. <laughs> Be nice. Uh, I've always liked that that song a lot. I like the idea of having the music in you, you know, and maybe that um, sort of uh, applying to um, emotions that you're feeling. Because I feel like when mm. you're feeling an intense emotion, it, it is almost like the music is, is in you. Also, I mean, there's kind of that cheap line there, your lips, my lips, apocalypse. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, that's a nice that's little alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. So my clickbait headline is uh, "Whispery vocalist maintains erection for 47 minutes." Uh, so, <laughs> that's, so uh, I think it was a doctor for that one. I think. <laughs> yeah, I know you have to call. You have to call the company. I saw it on 40 Year Old Virgin. So just flick it. You just flick it. Take your um. finger and flick. Go watch the movie. I didn't make that up. <laughs> I mean, this is obviously, at least lyrically, a, a very sexual record, I think. And I, I think the musical treatment, you know, that um, just the super reverb guitar and chorus effect on there, um, you know, just kind of has sort of a, a romantic feel to it. Um, I guess it's the intensity um, that that's um, that it creates that that makes it, uh, I think, appropriate for for this theme. And there's you know there's some keyboard uh, in it as well, but I f they're not really prominent in the mix. They're just sort of there in the background, kind of uh, uh, adding some of that additional intensity. Yeah. There's like a smolderiness to this record, I would say. It kind yeah. of simmers along at a little mm. bubble, I guess. <laughs> it yeah. feels like this performer, the singer, is uncomfortably looking right in your eyes yes. <laughs> while singing the songs. It's kind of like... It's one of those guys like uncomfortable, kisses with his eyes I... open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a, uh, another cut from the record. This is Each Time You Fall in Love. Uh, each time you fall in love, particularly that song, that's where I got that staring in my eyes vibe. 
that made me a, a little uncomfortable, but the music is captivating still. This particular track does kind of maintain their dreamy atmospheric style, kind of similar to air, but more analog. Mm-hmm. Slow tempos, ethereal instrumentation, and then that has Greg's vocals are very interesting and sort of they're emotive, but they're genderless, which kind of it makes it sound more universal and less you know from a particular perspective. It's a you mm-hmm. know it's it's more inclusive somehow. It's it's weird. Yeah, you can almost take the songs from like a male or female perspective because it is yeah. so androgynous, which is kind of a cool perspective or twist mm-hmm. on things. Uh, the clickbait headline I chose, couple on bearskin rug next to a roaring fire found catatonic and fully clothed. <laughs> I, <laughs> as much as this like has elements of romance and stuff, I feel like you would not be super engaged in a, a sensual serenade. Instead, I think the music kind of would make you very sleepy. <laughs> is it too melancholy for you is it yeah it's just not like i think the good part about it and in, in, in another context i think it's better than in this particular context mm. i mean it was it was a cool record i enjoyed it and the fact that it's from texas also makes it fascinating it's too. from texas wow so mm. uh don how'd you where how how would you possibly <laughs> come across this band uh, actually, I there was a song that played. It might have been in the credit sequence of a Handmaid's Tale episode. I'm like, oh, that song's interesting, and so I looked it up, and happened to be right around the time that this album came out. But I actually, nice. you know, I ended up enjoying the the album. Um, I think, I mean, because there are elements of stuff I like. You know, I hear a little bit of the Smiths and the the Cure in it. Sure, it, it's a, it's a comfortable place for me. I think. I was surprised to see that Apocalypse had over a billion streams on Spotify. That's that's pretty impressive. I think it's. it's I th- I think it has a social media presence. I feel like it's ended up in TikTok videos and and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, let's hear another cut. This is sweet. Here, uh, Radiohead's creep in there at, at times. I think, it's, I think it's the baseline, sort of the climbing. It's similar, right? Bass, yeah. Baseline. Yeah. I also heard. I know this is a weird, dated reference. Dido hmm. through yeah. some of these songs. You know, mm-hmm. go go back and check your 2000 uh, <laughs> playlists and find some Dido. <laughs> My tea's gone cold and wondering why. <laughs> Definitely some similarities vocally going on here. Yeah, I, I I did appreciate sort of the sexiness of his of uh, Gonzalez's lyrical content. I think that song there has some of that, but it's also like super on the nose at times. It's a weird mix. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about the record in general. My clickbait headline is "Cigarettes Now Shown to Destroy Lungs as Well as Libido." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if this record feels necessarily sexy. To me, um, it does have like a, you know, that melancholy shoegaze sort of dreamy ethereal thing going on, which I appreciate and I think is maybe does have some romance qualities to it. But I think just track track to track, it felt like 
it was so similar. And maybe that's just not me not giving you enough time to really digest it and appreciate the nuances going on here. But I didn't feel like there was enough up and down to really make me you know, feel like it was a, a complete experience. I, I think that's a really good point, Andy, because when I, you know, we, we listened to Apocalypse and then when I kicked off Each Time You Fall in Love, which was my pick, I thought I had started the wrong song and that I was playing <laughs> the last track. <laughs> just for yeah. a second. I was like, wait, yeah. wait, this is right. This is right. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, there's a lot of similarities from track to track. I mean, so much about the style of music, there's, you know, shoegaze, it's about the vibe and just kind of establishing like a feel that you're trying to, you know, explore. And I think they do that. And I, I do appreciate, like I said, the lyrical content at times is really interesting and kind of shocking how yeah. uh, R-rated or even X-rated it is at times. Yeah. So that that is cool and that hits pretty well. But overall, you know, I don't know, kind of middle of the road. Okay, so uh, from June 2017, that's Cigarettes After Sex with their debut self-titled album, Cigarettes After Sex. Oh, good. I, I was hoping you'd yeah. clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And now it's time for Deep Questions by Don. Okay, so, um, you know, we're talking about music that's chosen kind of for a a specific occasion, right? Uh, For what other occasions do you choose specific music? Well, for myself, I mean, I could probably say this, you know, pretty much every moment during the day, I'm picking out something to listen to, whether it's an album or a podcast or something to fit what I'm doing. But specific moments, I I think about, you know, like when company comes over, try to, you know, set the vibe or set the tone you're going for, I think is an important thing. Yeah. Um, The one I have the... Play some cigarettes after sex. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My favorite particular one to, to do, though, I give the most thought and consideration to is the music to put on for the trick-or-treaters during Halloween. Oh, you know, The background music. You know, they get the little kids coming up to the door, and I want to really set the mood to be as terrifying as possible. I got like wow. 30 seconds to scare the shit out of these kids. So warm up? <laughs> yeah, sometimes warm up. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. That's a beautiful thing. You make up for me because I make sure that there's no way anyone will knock on my door. Oh, you turn the lights off? Keep my own candy, man. Yeah, jeez. You're the, the Halloween Scrooge. Yeah, if I could, I would totally Grinch Halloween. You're a mean one. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I like to give away the candy, but I also give them a little bit of fear on the way out, too. Mm. All right, so for me, besides Christmas music, I'd say road trips oh. are, are a good, good time. It's tougher, though, when you're an album listener like me. The other passengers are like, yo, do we have to really listen to nine <laughs> songs by the same person? Like, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but a special one for me is Friday after 3 p.m. You know, the work week is ending, looking for a little motivation to finish up a project or work on something. So a lot of times I'll put on some skid row or some other kind of like really fast moving metal music to get that blood pumping for those last couple of hours because you get a little sleepy at 3 p.m on a friday yeah it's perfect time for a little acdc gotta get the head banging energy going you don't do lover boy working for the weekend (laughs) (laughs) maybe this week yeah, like you guys. I mean, I guess because we're music lovers, we put a lot of thought into what we what we choose to listen to. But one I, I did remember doing me like eight years ago or something. There was you know a big solar uh, eclipse, and I remember going for a run that morning and uh, like setting the soundtrack for sort of like space agey type um, you know type songs. So I, I 
pick. Yep, that's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was picking like the the first two uh, Pink Floyd albums. Mm. You know, the Sid Barrett sure. one. You know, a lot of them deal with uh, astronomy uh, and, and stuff like that. So um, there actually is a, a, a solar eclipse coming uh, in about a month, I, I think. So uh, I think I'm going to start thinking now about you know what I'm going to yeah. be listening to in, in preparation for for that big event. Celestial. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. All right. For what other occasions do you choose specific music? Let us know. Hit us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Also on Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so I, as I alluded to at the top of the show, I went with the most obvious pick in the world, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On from August of 1973. Marvin Gaye, born uh, April 2nd, 1939, very influential American singer and songwriter named, known for shaping the Motown sound in the 60s and, and then really in the 70s, coming into his own, uh, from his own production company and recorded landmark albums like What's Going On and Let's Get It On. On is the theme here. He, he yeah. knows what's on. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah. All right, so why don't we kick things off with so let's get it home that guitar yeah i know that i mean when you hear that well well i mean that immediately heart rates rise it <laughs> is I mean, it is a very quintessential romance song that just can't be denied. You hear that and you know someone wants to get funky. So Let's Get It On features a smooth and seductive melody, prominent bass line, and it really has that intimate atmosphere. It's explicit. I mean, you know, it hints at stuff, yet romantic themes of love and desire and it encourages the listeners to not only uh, interface physically but also emotionally and it's an anthem for for romantic moments I, I, I mean, I wasn't alive at the at the time, but I, I wonder like how much that expression was used prior to this song, like, like getting it on yeah. or if it's because of this song that people really use that that phrase. Hmm. I was wondering that too. I doubt he invented it, but I'm. I suspect that it can. It, it lives on because of because yeah. of Marvin Gaye. It's a hell of a legacy <laughs> to leave behind. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My clickbait headline is Marvin makes love shortly after not making war. Nice. So yeah, there was there was a soundtrack in between what's going on. Uh, it was the soundtrack was the Trouble Man soundtrack that Marvin worked on. But this was the the first like full album after what's going on, and then to to go into let's get it on is just uh, very interesting. Where he covered in the in what's going on, you know, caring about each other, trying to make this world a better place, and then in let's get it on, he moves forward to more intimate relationships. There's there's love and strife and loneliness in these songs, too. It's not all sex stuff. All right, so speaking of sex stuff, why don't we listen to a little bit of You Sure Love to Ball. Speaking of sex stuff. <laughs> I'll make you feel so good. Oh, sure. Just like you want me to. Oh, baby. You sure love Oh, I misunderstood. They want, she wants to play basketball. Basketball, cool. yeah. They're yeah. big basketball fans. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the third and final single from the record. Uh, I think it's an allusion to sex. I, I think that may what? have been even more on the nose than Let's Get It On. <laughs> well, and, and the problem with that song to me is that it's an antiquated term for sex. Like, oh, okay. Too old school I mean, for you, you? Well, I mean, I think for new listeners, they'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Gaye's all encompassing, man. He brings in all all generations. Yeah. My, my parents used to use the term necking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> necking. Yeah, you don't hear that one a lot. <laughs> that was that was a different thing. Yeah, people would just press their necks together and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's supposed to means making out, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they used to say that on happy days too. Right, Nick. Right. <laughs> Okay, uh, my clickbait headline for Let's Get It On is Marvin Gaye Reads Dictionary, Panties Drop Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and perhaps boxers and, and uh, Yeah, and, everything's, everybody's just naked from the waist down. He makes everybody's you know? <laughs> pants drop, yes. <laughs> the guy is just so sexual on this record. I mean, he's sexual kind of just, even uh, what's going on kind of has a sexy delivery to his, to his voice. Yeah. But here it's just kind of cranked up to almost an obscene amount. <laughs> it's not crass. It's all, um, you know, very warm and inviting and, you know, it feels beautiful. And it's a, yeah. it's a sensual love. It's a spiritual yeah, right. love at times. Uh, like, you know, we talked about Rick James recently. And, and yeah, he had good, some good contrast. <laughs> yeah, this, this is where... You can feel it, and with Rick James, it's a it's a little bit more of like, oh yeah, and like, ooh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the perfect delivery of this of this part of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't go overboard, but he's definitely clear of his intentions. I would say, yes, respectful yet seductive. Exactly, exactly. And as as good as his vocals are, and they are great, I think uh, the band and the orchestra. There's a, a you know quite a few instruments on this record. Give it a great sound, and it's just it's so it's so seventies to me, man. There's like a slight funk groove at times, just to give a little a little rhythm, a little pacing, you know, and some strings and some horns come in at times, and it's just it's so warm and just so inviting, and it feels like you're in a lover's embrace, man. All right, so uh, getting into a little bit different of a of a vibe and a a, a song that touches on a, other parts of of relationships and romance. Let's listen to a little bit of Just to Keep You Satisfied. For you to understand what this means I shall explain I stood all the jealousy all the bitching too All that bitching. Jeez. That guy, man. (laughs) Holy shit. So smooth. (laughs) <laughs> that was the the closing cut on the record and and yeah it's a um, slightly different vibe you know so it's it's you know clearly about divorce and sounds like it could even be autobiographical because um, mm-hmm. I believe that's a right or around the time that that uh, he was going through a divorce but yep. just uh you know w- well done arrangement like everything on this uh, uh on this album it's kind of quiet and sad and his voice just you know just sounds uh, I- incredible i mean the song's kind of a bummer but somehow it still kind of fits with the the rest of uh rest of the album it's got a little bit more of that what's going on vibe in that it's a little more storytelly a little more narrative mm-hmm. i guess than mm-hmm. some of the other tracks yeah so my clickbait headline uh, is uh, "Gay ditches the political for the sexual." Um, so just like du- dude said, yeah, I've avoided this record because a- after hearing what's going on and loving it, and that record being so 
socially conscious. I'm like, oh, well, do I want to hear Marvin Gaye, you know, sing about getting it on? Yes, you do. <laughs> and I do. Yeah, I, I guess I, I really it, it's I mean, it, it's hard to compare the two records as far as which one's more important or which is better. But this is so well done. Like musically, it's just as significant. And a lot of it is actually, you know, kind of the same. You know, you're, you've still got those those strings uh, in the background uh, over, a, you know, kind of a cool rhythm. This this album, I think, is a bit, I think it's closer to funk in, in some parts than what's going on, which I think I might have called pre-funk. <laughs> but, you know, what I love about his arrangements and stuff is that they're they're like huge, but yet they're, they're kind of subtle as well. I, I mean, that sounds like a contradiction, but some how he yeah it's because his vo- his vocals like he's able to overpower that when needed and not everyone can yeah. do that actually it just sounds so so effortless i mean his, his voice and yeah. the arrangements all just kind of seamlessly transition together you know constantly it's it's impressive well as we gush about this i'm gonna just throw it out there i'm nominating this for the album nerds hall of fame oh i had a feeling it's a romantic masterpiece. I mean, sensual serenades. Come on, man. This is it. This is the one. So obviously, yes for me. I think my biggest critique would be it's it's almost too on the nose or too <laughs> too focused. You know why? Why is it all about sex? But that's what we were looking for. That's the. <laughs> You did too good of a job. Damn it, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll say yes is too. I think uh, bring out two Marvin Gaye records in the Hall of Fame. These would be the two to do it with. So Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. Let's yeah. get it on. I mean, this is, a, I, I think this is what we had in mind when we, when we chose this theme. So definitely, yes. I tried to find something else, you know, just to, to keep it mixed up on the show, but I, I couldn't resist. And I had not dug into this before to this depth and... It did not disappoint. So go check out Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Okay, so we've um, you know we've been in a kind of a, a romantic mood the past uh, the past week. Uh, you know, outside of that, have, have you guys been digging? I'm sorry, have you guys been digging anything? <laughs> <laughs> Could you be more <laughs> uncomfortable saying digging? digging. <laughs> yes, I will mention a, a handful of new releases as I like to do. Longtime punk rock group Sleater Kenny have a new record out. Uh, it's called Little Rope. I've been really enjoying it. I, I'm always like, oh man, Sleater Kenny, maybe they're overrated. Um, but every time I listen to their music, I'm always like, these guys are actually pretty decent. They're on that Broken Record podcast a couple of yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, well. Check it out. <laughs> Who killed Kenny? You bastards. Nice. Don't start a riot, girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another kind of big name release from the last week or so was from the group The Smile. Their album, Wall of Eyes. This is Tom York from Radio Hugs Project. Uh, sounds pretty interesting. I've gone through it a couple mm. times. Definitely in line with it, what they were doing previously. That guy's a creep. You could, you could say that. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> I always think of peppermint patties. Peppermint patties. Oh. <laughs> York peppermint patties. Oh, jeez. That's terrible. Nice. Let the cancellation of Don begin. <laughs> All right. One more record I want to throw out here. A little out of left field here. A band called Cheek Face and their record called <laughs> It's Sorted. 
Cheek face. This is a really charming little record. It's kind of like in the style of like Weird Al, but it's not covers. It's just kind of like those cheeky songs about funny, odd topics and presented in kind of a. Mm. It's comical, but it's also pretty interesting. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it. That is uh, not comforting. The hero person who calls himself Cheek Face threatening to uh, invade people's privacy. I'm not. I'm not sure I feel good about that. Sounds like they yeah. might be giants. Mm. Yep. She's been digging on, Dom. Uh, well, I, I guess probably because we had done that country storytellers episode, you know, so title, you know, uh, knows I was listening to, to things like that. So uh, it actually suggested James Talley, um, who's actually been around a long time, but I, I wasn't familiar with him. But he has a, a, a new album called Bandits, Ballads, and Blues. Um, that actually would have been appropriate for that, that Sounds show. Sounds good. Yeah, check that out. Ship, and I'm going to have to get in on that action. I thought, I thought you'd like that, yeah. So I also have been checking out a country album. It's by the Josh Abbott Band. It's called Somewhere Down the Road. It just came out this year, uh, last week actually. I've been listening to a little bit of that. Uh, I'm familiar with Josh Abbott Band because Josh Abbott was also a member of the Panhandlers, which is like a super group of South uh-huh. Texas artists from different bands and solo artists, and I really love them. Kind of a bit of that indie country vibe, but a little slicker, I would say. But I, I, I'm, I think I'm enjoying it. We'll see where this takes me. Uh, I think it'll take you somewhere down the road, if I had a guess. Oh, well, I, I, I think you're right. Down the road a piece. Uh, so, they, uh, you know, I, I'm a collector. I love to get the physical media. I picked up a copy of Stone Temple Pilots' 1992 album, Core, on vinyl recently. It's a red vinyl with black splotches on it. It's just two-sided. It's uh, So it doesn't sound as good as when they compress those songs to, to make them all fit on one record. It, it's not as deep sounding as like the CD, which I've had for decades, but it's just great to have it in my collection on vinyl. I'm a, I'm a big fan of those first two STP records, uh, and you know, it just rocks. Okay, what are you digging? Let us know. Hit us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. It will be a discovery of extraordinary value. Well, boys and girls, it's about this time in the show when I'm reminded of one of our great American authors, Dr. Seuss. Oh, yes. The Seuss is loose. <laughs> He's uh, famously quoted saying, we're all a little weird. Life's a little weird. And when we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with ours, we join up with them and fall in mutual weirdness together. Amen. That's beautiful. <laughs> we call this weirdness love. With that in mind, let's bring out our friend Wadbot and find out what next in the uh, romance series we'll be uh, discovering together. Your musical journey through romance continues. Next week, you will be exploring albums that are impacted by band romances. Get ready to embark on a captivating exploration of love, passion, and the unique dynamics that resonate within the heartbeats of bands. So band romance. So we're talking about romantic relationships of some level within a within a band or group. Not bad romance, although it could turn out that way as well. Usually it does. <laughs> so we'll be looking at uh, albums by bands where there's some, perhaps some fire behind the recording process. Interesting. Like the album nerds. Yes. Yeah, we're all smoldering right now, folks. 
Well, what are your favorite romantic records? What else are you listening to? Leave a comment on our website or email us at podcast at albumnerds.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you once again for joining us on the Album Nerds podcast. We will catch you next time with some in-band romances. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Love me, love me, say that you love me. No. <laughs> I like that song. Ah, uh, the cardigans. I preferred the pullovers. <laughs> God. Nice. <laughs> I got dad jokes now.